Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined from a distance by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? I am baffled and bewildered by this technology, <laughs> which I've done before and I've used before, and it's been successful, but I think I'm overthinking it now. You're doing a great job. I got all sorts of things going on here. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are things up in Maryland? Sleepy, actually. Vink is uh, sleeping. Guac is on the couch with his stuffed animal. Yeah. Uh, and Vink has stopped going into the kitchen and whining that there's some bread on the counter. But she was doing that before. We She's will discuss bread on the counter more in depth in this podcast. She's very concerned that there's bread on the counter and that she is not on the counter. Yeah, well, you could put her up there and see what happens. I believe she'll eat it. <laughs> I, let me predict the future. Okay. She's going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so things are pretty calm, although they have, you know, there are episodes of excitement when I let them out. Guac thinks I should throw stuff and he catches it. He chases it and catches it. Well, we will get more into dog status and updates as we progress, but we should begin... No, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Preempting the dog update section? No, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. The cocktail of the week this week is Manchego's Gin Tonic. In honor of our oh. sweet cheese cube, it's a gin and tonic, uh, yeah. fever tree, Mediterranean tonic, Hendrix gin... And you garnish it with a couple of juniper berries, a wedge of lime, and a cheese cube. Preferably a Manchego cheese cube. That's uh, a good drink. It is. I sent you a picture of it. I am now... Okay, so just quickly transitioning to administrative corner. Uh, I had a whole bunch of different Instagram accounts, and I deleted a bunch of them for a variety of reasons, mostly that people were harassing me on them. Uh, so I have restarted one that integrates a bunch of the different ones I had. It's called Salt and Glitter. Salt Glitter is the name. And when I told Jer Dad, I'm like, hey, Jer Dad, you know, I deleted a bunch of my old Instagram accounts a while ago, but I started a new one. Uh, it's called Salt and Glitter. Salt Glitter is the handle. You said, do you remember? It's like you licked a stripper. I don't want to repeat <laughs> these things. I'm not sure. I, you said it and moment. I was like, I have to write that down to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> Like you licked a stripper. <laughs> Salty glitter. <laughs> Salt and glitter. Uh, anyway. On, it's only because you always make the joke about glitter. When dear dad, a surprising amount of the time, would come home from work with <laughs> glitter on his face. From work? You absolutely would come home from work with glitter on your face. And I would be like, dear dad, were you rubbing your face on a stripper? Because like they were body glitter. <laughs> I don't know how else you would get glitter on your face. And for a while, your dad would get very upset when I'd say that. And you eventually it's figured out that so I was joking. far from what... <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know why I was so glittery sometimes. There were things, <laughs> there were reasons. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with what you were saying. <laughs> and yes, it was... I don't know why I would get very embarrassed. Anyway, my, also, my account also has nothing to do with stripping. Uh, but it will feature pic pictures of the cocktails of the week on it. Um, it's just stuff that makes me happy, basically. So there's some pictures of me in there. And uh, there's a little bit of bonus dog content, but not a ton. 
there's going to be some keezy pictures and then there will also be the cocktails of the week. So if you want pictures and recipes, salt glitter on Instagram, you'll be able to get them there. Nice. And it's, I like the inside uh, information here. It's just for podcast listeners who can get this That's right. secret introduction. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Um, Use the hashtag, the golden ratio forward slash Jen's recommendation <laughs> forward slash salt and glitter forward slash oh, that's not how that to get 20, 20% off the Instagram account. <laughs> don't, don't listen to anything that's to your not, That's not how that works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. Or at least I know that there's forward slashes and not backslashes. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's true. That is a real pet peeve of mine. Uh, okay, let's get into dog updates. Uh, I think we need to start with Jags. Sad, sadly, we have to start with Jags. Yeah, yeah, poor Jags. So, Jir uh, Dad left on Sunday morning, and Manchego was pretty fine on Sunday. And he was pretty fine, uh, yeah, Sunday. And then Monday, he was having kind of a tough day. Like, he was panting a lot. He'd be laying down. I mean, he never did anything, right? He couldn't stand up by himself. So it's not like, oh, he had done stuff. He would just be laying down on his side and panting pretty heavily. So that's never a good sign when that happens. No, that's... That's at best discomfort and at worst pain. Yeah, it's on our list of problematic things on our end of life list, like when they're kind of panting mm-hmm. all the time. And he would, like he has been increasing the amount that he would pant overnight where he would wake up and start panting. Um, but yeah, he was panting a lot over the course of the day to the point where I, I called your dad and I was like, you know, I don't think he's got a lot of time left. Like today is not the day, but like this isn't good that he's doing this. Um, you know, it's not like he was, he didn't look like he was in pain. And he didn't look like he was just going to, you know, like go to sleep and die. But it, it was not good. And then on Tuesday, I took him out in the morning and he those last few days you know normally we would take him out and you have seen on the snaps um you know he'd kind of wander around just walking around like with no real purpose but he would wander a bit and he had stopped a lot of that wandering he'd kind of we'd take him out of the cart and he'd pee and he'd maybe walk a little bit and do his other business but he he was walking less he just kind of planted and kind of didn't sway much, but he was just kind of standing there, sort of looking around, but he seemed, yeah, just kind of more fixed to the ground yeah. than he had been. So I took him out Tuesday morning at like 7, and then again at like 9.30, and brought him back in, and then I got on a call, uh, or was, you know, Zoom, like work stuff, and at like noon, I came out of the call, and I was, which I was taking in my office. So I came into the main part of the house and I could, it smelled like somebody had pooped in the house. And so, uh, it wasn't hops or Voods or CB and Manchego had laid down in the bedroom and I go in there 
and he was just kind of laying in his poop like he had been on the floor. He just went as he was laying there. So that's not good. I mean, not that he can get up, but he could move himself around. I mean, he would occasionally get up. He could move around. So the fact that he just kind of did that, like, that's not good. And so I'm like, okay, well, we got to clean him up, right? He's a mess, obviously. So get him in the cart. I bring him downstairs so I can shower him in the outdoor shower, which has like a a wood kind of slatted floor. So it's got good traction. It's much better than trying to do it in the tub. Um, But I wheeled him over to the grass, you know, so he could have some time. If he had to do any more business, he could do it there. Um, And I'm like, all right, well, like, if he can't control his bowels, like, that's sort of a sign that it's time. But, you know, the worst part of losing these dogs is that you're always questioning if you're making this decision like it's very hard taking care of a dog like Manchego like he takes a lot of attention and effort like everything is really hard and that's fine like those those are the kind of dogs that we take right but you always want to balance and I think we both kind of worry I certainly worry like okay so he has taken this step down am I making this decision too rashly because it's really hard to take care of him? Which of course is never a decision that we actually make. Like, Oh, it's just too hard to take care of this dog. But you always, you know, it's such a guilty thing to be deciding like, is this the end for this dog? Uh, It's interesting. I thought you were going to go the other way and say, we take care of him so much and we make it possible, you know, for him to, to function and stuff you know, do we, do we, do we do it too long sometimes? Right. I mean, he's, we sort of force him to get up, to go out and we, we shove the food in his face and we, you know, we do, we do everything else. It's almost, it's almost like life support in a hospital. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, we kind of talked about this, that if, if Manchego were a dog that we had had for a few years, when we got him, he would have been past the point where we probably would have brought him in. Like, they can't stand up by themselves is is on that list of it's probably time for and, us. And pa- panting for, for hours on end Yeah, is certainly a big sign, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so I took him out and, you know, gave him some time. He basically just, I think he peed, but then basically sort of stood there, wheeled him over to the shower, and I him kind of rinsing him off in the shower and as he's just standing there in the shower starts pooping again like not like he squatted down to do it just sort of starts coming out so he clearly has like lost control of his bowels at this point which like the reason that he couldn't stand up and that he was sort of wobbly is because he had some spine issues that were affecting the nerves to his back legs and so it's not uncommon that that then affects their continence um but okay, so like that's clearly a sign. And he really, I mean, I had noticed the day before he was just starting to get that look in his eyes, which is a hard thing to see because it comes on gradually. But with all the dogs that we've lost, like I was looking at the videos that I have of uh, Swizz over the summer, who we also lost when Jared Dad was out of town. Um, and, you know, she, she was having nosebleeds and sort of kind of catastrophically started bleeding and I drove her up to the vet and and really agonized at the vet over whether it was time to say goodbye to her 
or if we should, you know, try some, you know, how are we going to put her on steroids because they conflict with this other medicine and what can we do and how do we buffer it? And, you know, ultimately they did an ultrasound and found that she had a bunch of tumors, which made it a much easier decision. But going back and looking at that video of her that I think I took to send to GR dad to just be like, here's the current situation. Like look in her eyes, like now being distant from it, like she was done, right? Like she was, she wasn't suffering in tremendous pain, but she was like distressed and just kind of like, guys, like why, <laughs> you know, why is this it's still like a, happening? It's, it's like looking for help or something. It's, it is a look. Yeah. Yeah. And so he, Manchego had had that and and I don't know. I mean, we're we're kind of attuned to it because, you know, we take in these dogs sort of at the end. But you can kind of see it in those last couple days of videos that he just sort of has that look. And um, so, yeah, you know, we decided he's not going to get any better, which is always part of this. Right. Like. And let's say I'm wrong. Right. Let's say it was my fault. Like I didn't give him enough time to do his business in the morning and that's why he pooped on himself. And let's say he also kind of just randomly had diarrhea, even though it didn't look like that, but that's why he went in the shower and maybe that would get better. Like he still had that look. He still was panting a lot. He still can't stand up. Like he still has all these other problems. Um, So it's not like, oh, it's just this one thing. And if we just give him some medicine, like it's gonna take care of that one thing and then he'll be back to normal. So, yeah. Uh, so that was time. So I brought him up to the vet. Uh, I gave, him, you a gave him a waffle. I gave him that a waffle. Because, um, you know, he, like, we've been controlling his diet so carefully to manage his diabetes. Um, so I'm like, you know, he can have a waffle, um, which he thought was very tasty. And I brought him up to the vet and we went in. They, we've mentioned this with the other dogs. The vet that we go to has an acupuncture room. And so it's got like a water feature and it's like has stained glass. It's like a very beautiful, serene room. And, uh, your dad's making it. We've been in it way too often. Yes. Uh, but if you have to say goodbye to a dog, like that's a better place to do it. I mean, Swizz was just in a regular vet room and it's fine, but it's nice that they have sort of this more peaceful place that you can go and they give you plenty of time. And, you know, so I carried him in there and, uh, the vet came in cause normally they'll take them back and put in a catheter so they can inject them, but he couldn't walk really. So they kind of brought everything in to do it in the room. And, uh, the vet came in and she's like, well, is he still eating? And I'm like, yeah, he's eating fine. She's like, well, let's get him some snacks then. And I was like, great, you know, give him whatever. And she's like, somebody just brought us some cookies like and so there's a vet tech she's like go get some of the cookies chocolate chip cookies and sugar cookies no she said this vet i don't i don't know if she has put down any of our other dogs because there there's a lot of vets who've been up there but uh she's like i always like to give them chocolate because they never get to have it so I, i always think that you know if we can give them some chocolate so they they brought up probably like six or seven cookies like sugar cookies with like rainbow sprinkles on them and chocolate chip cookies and the vet tech like broke off a piece of one and manchego like didn't really know what to do with it like he's trying to get it in his mouth he couldn't really get it in there and then once he finally got it and ate it you could see him be like this 
is the best thing that I have ever eaten. <laughs> and so we basically just like broke off chunks of these cookies and fed them to him. And he's like, I'm nom, 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 like tasting them. Oh, so good. And then like, give me some more, nom, 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 nom. you know, while she's putting in his catheter and we just kept giving them to him as he got the propofol, which is the anesthetic that kind of lets them go to sleep before you actually give them the euthanasia drug. So like literally he went to sleep, you know, eating chocolate chip cookies and sugar cookies, um, which was just like a really sweet way to do it that, you know, it's like, let's find something that, you know, he can still get joy out of eating and, you know, it's, it's clearly time for him, but like, let's, let's get in as much little joy for him as we can at the end part. So that was, yeah, that's nice. And it, I mean, everyone was doing it lovingly. The, the, the vet practice wasn't like a clinical place. It was like a yeah. support network there. They're, they're really wonderful. Like we're lucky to have them. Um, so yeah, actually this vet is the one who did Swizz also cause she spent so long with me and where I was going back and forth before she did the ultrasound, but they're the ones who sent the, uh, easy cheese on the stick. They gave me the can of spray cheese in like a little like tongue depressor kind of stick to feed her cheese. That is the same vet. Like that. Who's is like, well, we're going to give Manchego chocolate chip cookies and we're going to give this with as much spray cheese as you want. Uh, she's got the right idea yeah, yeah. spoil the dogs at the end yeah. really great and swiss man did she love that spray cheese uh another one where it's like i mean she's bleeding all over the place you know she was really uncomfortable uh but she was getting a lot of joy out of that cheese and they're like you just give her as much cheese as you want and let us know when you're ready so yeah i mean it sucks uh he was such a good boy and i was so hopeful for him that we could, you know, really turn things around. And, uh, you know, he was, he was just in worse, worse state than I kind of was hoping that he was. Yeah. It's never enough. I mean, we never have enough time with these guys. No. I mean, especially, you know, just a couple of months with him. He was a short one. Yeah. And they, I mean, they do start fitting in and start like getting comfortable with foods and, and the rest of the guys and, and then, you know, bang, another yeah. kick in the gut. <laughs> I know why we do it, but it seems like, why do we do it? But I know why we do it and we're going to do it again. <laughs> I, I know talking, we're going to do it again. I was talking to our, our friend from the neighborhood who has a golden who comes and swims sometimes. So she came by today and uh, she she met Manchego on Sunday for the first time. Like she came over right as I was bringing everybody out. And uh, like I just saw them walking past. So I opened the door and her dog like bolts in and goes to the beach. So I was so <laughs> excited to swim. So I was like, hang on, like, let me bring everybody down. So she, you know, that was her first time meeting Manchego and she was just totally enamored with him. And so oh. when she came by today, I was like, yeah, you know, on Tuesday, that was his last day. And uh she was like, oh, he was such a good boy. Like, he was so lucky that you got him. And I was like, well, I'm like, you know, we, we talked a lot about it. And I was like, so we'll see who they send us next. <laughs> you know, we'll see, you'll, we'll see a photograph of a dog who needs, needs a home. And we'll be like, okay, can't resist that white they, face. They know. I mean, I never say no anyway. 
but they know if they send a picture, I go, your dad, the rescue group emailed, uh, please look at this picture. <laughs> Don't tell them anything else. <laughs> oh, we're both suckers. I mean, it can't. Totally. Yeah. It's always the dog looking in the camera is like a guaranteed. Uh, I'll just get the car, Jen. It's fine. I'll just get in the <laughs> yeah. car. Where do you want me to go? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So thanks, everybody, for the condolences about Sweet Jags. He was such a good boy. We didn't get enough time with him. Yeah. So when I was making the, I was like, all right, the cocktail of the week this week, like we're not going to be able to drink it together because you're going to be gone. Um, but I should make a Manchego Memorial cocktail. We have Manchego cheese in the fridge, so I'm going to make a... How much How much Manchego cheese? Well, yeah. So I had a, we have <laughs> several fresh wedges from Whole Foods that GR Dad got like a week ago. And so I took out and unwrapped a new, probably five or six ounce wedge of Manchego cheese. And I made a little cube out of that to put in the beautiful picture I took, which you can find on Salt Glitter on Instagram. It's a nice picture. It's a good picture. And it's got this cute little cheese cube in the garnish. And when I took that out, I was like, oh, like I, it was, I was getting ready for dinner. So I was super hungry. And I, also took out a loaf of bread and took like one of the tiny end slices and like cut myself a little, you know, just a little slice of the manchego cheese and put it on the bread as I was making the cocktail and uh, getting ready to go take a picture of it. So I go out, I take a picture of the cocktail and then I'm working on some house projects while Jared dad is gone. And so I was like, okay, I took the picture of the cocktail. I'm like, let me you know, I had a thing that was kind of waiting. I was soaking some stuff. I was like, okay, like this is ready. Uh, I'll just do this now, right? The little piece of bread and cheese, like I'm not starving. So I probably spent half an hour outside kind of hanging up this last stuff for the project with Voods. He was down there with me. And uh, okay, so time to come back upstairs. So I get Voods in the elevator, come upstairs, go into the kitchen, and there are two slices of bread and a ripped up plastic bread bag on the floor. And the only cheese left on the counter is like the, I had cut like a little slice off the wedge and put maybe half of it on my sandwich or half, half of it on my bread. And uh, the other half I had just left on the counter, like at the back of the cutting board. I was gonna say closer to the window, yeah. Yeah, so there's like a little, you know, like, slice of cheese that's maybe like an inch square on the back of the cutting board and then the rest of the wedge was sitting on the main part of the cutting board so the other whatever four ounces of cheese is gone so there are two slices of bread on the floor the rest of the fresh loaf i was gonna say of the loaf yeah. yes yes this is a loaf i don't think i mean there was maybe one slice of bread gone from this loaf and then the little nub that i ate it's like a two-pound, it's like a big-ass bakery loaf of seduction bread from Whole Foods. There are two slices left laying on the floor. Yeah, and Guac is here with me. Guac is with Ingo. <laughs> He's far the away. only dogs in the house were Brody and Hops. Voods was with me. Was Brody pointing at Hops? They were both they laying down. Going, hit, hit, hit. So I, I walk in and I'm like, oh... Huh, this isn't good. And so, you know, I pick up the bread so Voods doesn't eat it and like wreck his keto diet. And I turn and look, and Brody's gotten up and he's kind of walking towards me. 
I posted some video of this today and I was like, did you do this? And he kind of walks and he just pushes his head up against me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you bad dog. You totally did this. And then you feel his tum, his tum's like giant. I mean, think about how much he must have eaten to have left two slices of bread on the floor. That means he I ate the whole loaf. I can't imagine eating a, a loaf of bread. He ate the whole loaf once. and he's like, I just, I just can't eat those last two slices, you guys. I'm so full. His, his belly was cheese. huge. But now I got to eat that cheese. <laughs> and, then, and then I go back up to him and he's got breadcrumbs in his jowls. Like there's no question. Hobbs didn't even get up. She was just sleeping. Brody's got breadcrumbs like, in his jowls. Hobbs is like, I had to witness the whole thing. I was calling you, Jen. I was going to report him. We've seen him one other time get up on the counter because he like he makes us pick him up and put him in the bed like he doesn't have great ups but he's gotten up he on the acts counter like before. he can't jump yeah he, he can he, and oh yeah so dear dad please extend my apologies to guacoman for any times i have falsely accused him now guacoman we have also seen get on the counter plus he ate that brillo pad he's eaten plenty yeah, of we things. have some evidence oh yeah guacoman's yes that time he too. ate the five pound bag of dog food the time he ate the pound yes. and a half of raw potatoes like we witnessed guac i don't know do the dog things. food could have been uh no, no that was guac. no that i was, was guac. the one out he there was like in the middle the of it he was in the middle of it processed wasn't he? dog food coming out of guacamole oh yeah we have we have we have forensic evidence His giant belly oh my god i have never seen a dog's belly that big it's when Quack ate he, all that dog food. It's when he drank like four gallons of water afterwards too because he's like, I'm so thirsty with all this food. Oh, it's not good. So yeah, uh, Guac is not totally innocent, but there may be some times that I accused Guac when it actually was Brody. Yeah, so, Brody, sorry, Guac sneaky little devil. He's like, oh, I can barely make it onto this ottoman. Oh, I mean, sometimes <laughs> I need help coming on the couch. But you put a piece of cheese six foot in the air and he'll jump like a, <laughs> like some kind of, I don't know, thing that jumps. It's crazy. Ugh. He just so, needs motivation. He is a, he's a funny man. So that's <laughs> the CB antics. Fortunately, he's fine. Um, I, we, he's, we don't get scatological on this podcast, but I have confirmed in the days since his consumption of the bread that it was, in fact, Brody who ate the bread. That's all I got to say. More forensic evidence. Somebody uh, did point out that it really probably will undermine the Brody on Lodi if he eats 45,000 calories. No kidding. No wonder he's chubby still. He's sneaking, <laughs> yeah, like thousands <laughs> of calories. Oh, my God. Uh, in other <laughs> like dog-eating news, so I was making a cameo for someone, and they had asked for a hops on hops beer recommendation it was like somebody's birthday and they're like could you do like a hops on hops beer recommendation and i was like sure and so i go in the kitchen i was like what kind of beer do we have in here and a friend of the squad had sent us a six pack of voodoo ranger ipa which like people had been tweeting at us and i was like oh we got to get some of that for foods uh they don't have it down here so they sent us the Voodoo Ranger IPA. Dear Dad has had several cans. It's quite good, actually. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Juicy IPA. And so I was like, oh, we got Voodoo Ranger. Up. First, I'll make a little clip of Voods like sniffing this can of Voodoo Ranger. And, you know, that'll be cute for this video. So I take the can of beer out of the fridge. I don't open it. 
And I hold it up to Voods, and Voods is like, sniff, sniff, sniff. He's like, oh, interesting. And then he's like, I'm going to eat it. So I posted a picture of this where he was, he's was he got the beer can in his mouth. And I was like, hilarious. He's like got a can in his mouth. It's not like he's going to do anything. Like he'll just have the can in his mouth. And he bites down, punctures the can, opens his mouth, and all this beer comes out of his mouth onto the floor. So it was like 9.30 in the morning. So the house smells like beer. Frat house. Yeah, it smelled just like a frat house, 9.30 a.m. The good news is Vu doesn't like beer. He he was not at all interested in that beer once he cracked it open. (laughs) So... But it does it does make sense that he punctured the can. He's been practicing on recyclables all know, his life. I know, you're totally right. He's like, that's what I do. I chomp holes. Check out my pointy teeth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, other than that... Uh, it's not Voods Foods, no, in other words. It's not Voods Foods. Um, other than that, Jared has given the Guac and Vink update. You guys are doing good in Maryland. Down here in Florida... Mm. Um, Everybody's real mellow. We uh, we have been sleeping a lot more. So, like, the dogs will wake. Like, Voods has this habit of sometimes just straight up barking, sometimes making his whiny sounds early in the morning. And Dad will, I mean, he needs he usually needs to go out when he does that, but then Dad will just stay up. And so he did it at me the first day that Dad was gone at, like, 540 which is sometimes what he does it to Ingo. And then he did mm-hmm. it at 640 the next day. And so I like sleepily put him in, put everybody in the elevator, took him out. They all peed. They came back in and I was like, we're going back to bed. I slept until 845. This is a luxury then- that I, I literally don't know the last time I got to sleep till 845, which is like normally I sleep till like 830 or nine if I'm given my own control yeah, over I mean, my stay up late. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so with GR dad gone, and this always happens, even if he leaves all the dogs here, we all shift into a much more peaceful sleep schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the roasty versus crunch debate where you're just like, we are staying in bed. And I'd be like, okay, I guess we'll get up. (laughs) And and I'm like, nobody, nobody make any noise. Okay. You really need something fine. Like go do it. We're going back to bed. And then everybody's like, okay, they're fine. And I try to do that. And first of all, there's a guac on my pillow and I can't go back to bed. <laughs> this sounds like a you problem, Ingo. I admit that it's a bit Because yeah. let's talk about how giant our bed is. It's giant now. The king size bed is here. It's giant. If it's guac giant. is on your pillow, there's literally still an entire human's worth of room in that bed between guac and me. That's true. You could lay in you the can, middle. You can fit an entire third pillow column. <laughs> well, in <laughs> fact, so we, like I lay on one side. Jared Dad's got his pillows on the other side. We have normal sized pillows. So there's a space between them. And Guac has occasionally been like, I'm going to lay in between the pillows. And he curls up there <laughs> like a little croissant. Right, there's space, yeah. No, it's true. But we sometimes we go to bed. We have two or three dogs now in the bed, which is nice. That's a good use of the bed. But then we wake up usually, and there's no dogs in the bed. And nope. I feel like I, make snow I can't angels. even see you. I don't even know what's going on. I can't read. <laughs> you know, it's like the horizon effect. I can't see as far as the other end of the bed. And yeah. Yeah, you're making snow <laughs> angels that I can't even tell. <laughs> we, need to, we need to have more dogs all the time in the bed. Yep. 
Anyway, I, I like the new bed. I think it's a good decision. Uh, Guacoman still snuggles up with me just great. There's really no downside. It hasn't taken over the bedroom that we kind of feared it would. It's, no, there's still plenty good. of space. It's all good. Now that I know Chief Brody can jump up and down, he's going to spend more time in the bed. Dang it. CBD. <laughs> Get your butt in bed. <laughs> okay, so that's dog updates. Uh, the yeah, t- my only, oh, my only regret about the timing is the cicadas are going to come out in about two weeks and Guac's going to miss it. I think Guac would oh my God, be very dramatic with cicadas. I think he'd be like, look at these little crunchy things. They're delicious. So for those of you who are not from the DMV, uh, we have the Brood X cicadas. They're 17-year cicadas. And uh, they came out in 2003. Is that right? I guess 2004. 2004, yeah. Year, but... Uh, in my mind, it was 2003. But yeah, they, I was in grad school and they came out and there's just a billion everything. Like all the trees, the trunks are just covered in cicadas. You can't see them. They're all over the place. Very loud, very dramatic. Uh, and so this year is cicada year again. And uh, yeah, so they. I remember when they came out last time, there were a bunch of articles like in the newspaper uh, that are like, can your dog eat cicadas? And they're like, sure, it's fine. Like it won't hurt the dogs, except if they eat too many, they'll get kind of full and that might give them a stomach ache. So, you know, don't <laughs> let them eat too many so that they make themselves sick, but it's fine. What they sh- should have said is it's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of gross, but yeah, they just crunch, crunch, crunch those cicadas and the I, buzz in their I mouth. I could definitely see Quack getting into <sighs> that. I mean, it, it'd yeah. be interesting. I mean, it heck, I could see Venk eating one or two and being like, weird i my dogs i don't think ate any last time yeah it might depend on the dog yeah uh did buttercup no she wasn't wasn't interested she was pretty picky though she she didn't even eat peanut butter so who knows guac not picky no they will probably still be out oh here okay i'm looking at the 2004 data the early emerging cicadas in 2004 came out in April. Mm-hmm. In mid to late May, the bulk of them came out. Like It's a pretty normal distribution looking, and the peak of it is mid to late May. And then some were still coming out in June. So, and then the die-off... Calling, mating, and egg laying goes from mid-May to the end of June, and then they start dying. So, dear Dad, we're gonna we're RVing all the dogs up to Maryland in June for the die-off. Oof! They'll be there for calling, mating, and egg laying. So we should actually be there. Like this is this like peak in mid to late May. That's the nymphs coming out of the ground. Those little white ones that then crawl up and molt and turn into the big ones. So that's when they come out, but then they live for a little yeah, while. They would live for like a week or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's actually going to be plenty of them still around in June when we're up in Maryland. Interesting. Science. Interesting yeah. science. Uh, yes, yes. We're, we'll be up there kind of mid-June, so it won't be like the densest density probably, but there's still going to be a ton. So we will get to experiment with, we'll take bets 
We'll have a pool. Which dog eats the most cicadas? Oh, Voods. What's oh my God. Voods? That is potentially keto? Voods Foods. They had... Oh, jeez. I, I mean, this is like how old this was last time. 2004, right? Like no smartphones. Uh, I remember reading in a printed newspaper, which I didn't get, but somehow I read this, that they would have cicada recipes. Yep. You remember that? They, where you could put them on a skewer and I think the New York like Times had like a... Yeah, like a... I'm sure it was the Post. Gross. I mean, it's just... Disgusting. Yeah, there's, there's no need. I mean, it is nature is is wasteful with those, right? There's so many, and it's just so <laughs> overwhelming that if sure, if you could eat them, you'd eat well that spring. Well, speaking of, yeah. this actually transitioned us quite nicely into Taste of the Keys, because this week is genetically modified mosquito release week. Ooh, I'm very excited. Okay, interesting. So we got mosquitoes down here, obviously, um, but our mosquitoes are worse than most of your mosquitoes because they have Zika and also dengue fever, um, but especially Zika. And there's a fuck yeah. of them. Um, and so only the female mosquitoes bite people and carry diseases. Male mosquitoes eat nectar. They're nice. Yes, they need their blood meal to grow their eggs. Blood it's meal. Gross. Is... It just shows you that they're disgusting little critters. Yep. <laughs> so there are genetically modified male mosquitoes that are going to be released. I actually signed up. So you get a box. The box is full of eggs, and then you put water in it, and then and uh. there's some food in it, and then that causes the eggs to hatch into sterile male mosquitoes and then they fly out of the box and they seduce all the ladies who make no babies <laughs> do they they crowd out the males who would make babies is that the theory Yes. So I mean, the there male, are some natural males floating around, right? I mean, the still. male bugs will mate with the female mosquitoes, which are the ones that bite. But a death mechanism built in the mosquitoes is meant to prevent viable female offspring result, resulting from the mating, according to Oxitec. So basically, uh, they can mate, but there will be no more females born. Hmm. And this does sound a little like Jurassic Park, like. It's okay. We made them all female. There's, there's not, they're not going to reproduce naturally. We have full control over these dinosaurs. So there is a lot of opposite. Well, there is a vocal opposition. I think the, the polls show the majority of people in the Keys, including me, are in favor of this. Like they've, they've done a lot I, of I agree. I, I'm, I'm only joking. I think this is good. There's billboards mosquitoes. now. Did you see them when you were leaving? Like genetically modified mosquitoes in the Keys? Unnecessary. Dangerous. Like blah, blah. Like object to it. Like there's a small group who's I mean, very I, angry about it. I hate mosquitoes. They don't contribute to the ecosystem, and they can make people sick and die. And these mosquitoes, or I don't know if it's this exact modification, but it, it's either this one or a variant. They have tested these someplace else. I want to say Brazil, maybe. Israel. Israel, I think. Is it anyway? They well, it was an Israeli study, or the Israeli scientists have developed these. So I don't know where they tested them. Yeah, in any case, they 
so they've been released somewhere and what they found as like it leads to a big drop in the number of mosquitoes and then eventually and uh, y'all should look this up and not quote me on this but i remember when i was like doing the research on it before like eventually there's some evidence that there was some sort of crossbreeding between like the so you have these genetically modified males mating with the females that are around and then they have eggs but no females survive those eggs and the males should have the same genetic modification as their dads and so when those males mate with the females they also don't have it so there's some evidence that eventually there are viable females that come out of those generations later so there's a kind of cross breeding between them uh where they do produce viable offspring eventually but they don't seem like they carry more disease they don't really have any problems it's not yeah, like a T-Rex. you're no worse off you, you've, you've just reduced the number of females. You haven't created some kind of monster. Yeah. So it seems like that's the, that's the bad case is that, well, like eventually they may start making some females again. Which is yeah, like I mean, not that's, worse. That's not a reason not to, not to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's not worse. I mean, you, you, spray the, you spray the bug spray and eventually mosquitoes come back too, right? It's not like that's an argument. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. There, It seems like there's been a lot of testing, and then there's people who are mad, and they're like, I can't believe they won't do testing. And the place is like, we did the testing, and it's fine. And they're like, I want you to do more testing. <laughs> I think we're being part of the testing. That's fine. I mean, I don't... I don't want to be super dismissive because, like, you should be very careful if they're reducing genetic, or releasing genetically modified organisms where you live. At the same time, it reminds me a lot of the Purple Line people in Bethesda, Maryland, which is like a, a light rail line that they're putting in by our house in Maryland. And these people in Bethesda, which is a quite wealthy suburb, were very angry about it because it's like going through their backyards. And even though the... L- literally past their backyards. Yeah. yeah. And, and when they bought their houses, they were told like this land is, you know, the it can be used by the state for a train line but like there has not been a train line there and so they're pissed about it and so they kept asking for more and more and more and more and more environmental studies and this kind of study and that kind of study and it's like they just didn't want it and and so they sort of use the you need to do more studies as a excuse to just not have it happen uh not giving the state a ton of credit they have really fucked that project up um, but yes, not Maryland, for the that, reason that the not, Bethesda people were upset about. That's right. That's so, right. Anyway, I, I think it's I think it's worth a shot. I think mosquitoes are a real problem and a health hazard, and and even if there's a, some risk of unknown effects, I mean, this is an important initiative. Yeah. Right. This isn't something frivolous or cosmetic. This is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, we had a dengue outbreak last year. Zika is a problem mm-hmm. down here. The EPA has reviewed it. The Mosquito Control District in the Keys has reviewed it. The state has reviewed it. There's 
it's been reviewed on so many levels. It's been tested in other places. There's a lot of studies out there. I mean, I read a, a lot of stuff about it like a year ago when there was, you know, a question about it. And it seems like most of the people in the Keys, like from the polls that I saw are, are in favor of it, but it's a very vocal group that's mad. So, uh, you know, I don't think of them like anti-vaxxers. I understand why they're upset or worried. Um, but... I think it's okay. The science says it's okay. Yeah. So. I mean, but they, they, they're welcome to fill their house with mosquitoes so they can protect them from these genetically modified <laughs> ones. That's fine. I'm, I'm okay with this. I, I welcome not, them sure making mosquito concern, sanctuaries but... out of their houses. <laughs> they love them so much. You really love the mosquitoes. Jeez. Oh, my God. Uh, they're hateful little bloodsuckers. Bleh. <laughs> Anyway, that's the taste of the keys. I will say to your dad, I didn't get to talk to you about this before. Something happened on our key today because there were a ton of emergency vehicles like flying around uh, on Sugarloaf Boulevard. And wow. then someone on, next, someone on next door posts, what happened on Sugarloaf? <laughs> because there's never, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's like a firehouse on our key. See, but it was, these weren't just fire trucks. Like, there were a lot of cop cars. I couldn't see them, yeah. but I could hear them. And there were a cop lot. Cop cars, too. Yeah, a lot Jeez. going. And so one person, so someone's like, what's going on on Sugarloaf? And I was like, good question, pal. Like, has anyone answered this? And so the one answer when I checked before was a crash. Uh, oh, look, there's a bunch of comments. There was an accident at the jumping bridge. Bad accident at the jumping bridge. Um. Like cars or that's not very specific. Just past the jumping bridge, almost to the park at the end, there was a bad accident. So I think that's by Sammy's Creek Landing. Oh, closer to Sammy's Creek Landing. Um, there was an accident. I mean, you have to be you have to be violating many laws to have a bad accident on that on so that this is like, abandoned road. You go to, yeah, you go down, you come off of Route One, the only road. And then there's the kind of main road through our residential area, the Sugarloaf Boulevard, and it dead ends into the old state route, which itself dead ends. There's like five houses down. There's nothing. And the speed limit's no. like 20. And it's a very it's, narrow kind of two lane road. Yeah. Uh, so With for people to, biking and running and, and walking on it too. Yes. Uh, so for there to be a bad accident, that's not good. Somebody must have been going People really fast. Do tend to tourists mostly speed up. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who rents a like Mustang and takes it out for a spin. Yeah. Sometimes motorcycles are flying around there. Yeah. So But you do have to be pretty I mean it, there there are some blind turns and stuff, right? If you're going too fast, yeah. I could see I could see you having a, a, a bad encounter with someone. Yeah. So, uh, one person says, I was told single car accident with ejection. So that could be somebody flying around who went off and hit a tree or tree wall bridge abutment. Some, yeah. There's not a lot of hard stuff to hit here. The trees are all small in the key pretty much like the yeah, native trees. Mangrovian. That's, that's the kind yeah. of wilderness protection area. People's gates they have yeah, cement on them. or something. Anyway, that'll be our taste of the keys for next week. We'll give you all an update on what happened on our mysteries. Key. Yes, uh, but it sounded very dramatic. Like I heard the first sirens, and I was like, "Huh." And then like they just kept coming and coming and coming. So 
That's a lot for single car accident. Yeah. So who knows? We'll find out, I guess. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully it'll make it into Conk Life. Do some reporting, Conk Life. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure with all those vehicles, Conk Life will have a report. At um, least copy the police report. Yeah. You got a German word of the week? Um, yeah, Alkoholfahne. <laughs> Say it real slow. Alkohol, Alkoholfahne. Alcohol, so alcohol fan. Flag. Flag. But it refers to reeking of alcohol. Like you're spo- you, if you have a bunch, if you get really drunk and you breathe, you smell of alcohol. Quite. And that kind of smell is called a fauna. Spell fauna. F-A-H-N-E. It's the same word as fauna for flag. Oh, interesting. Except you refer- if you say dehadabana fauna, it, ref- it says he reeks of alcohol. Interesting. You know, so if you're like stopped by the cops and like, Sie haben eine Fahne, haben Sie was getrunken? And then, Sir, have you been drinking? Do you have a flag? Do you have an alcohol flag? And then you say, Ich saufe mich. Weil ich traurig bin. So, <laughs> that may just be too much of an inside joke for us. Uh, but saufe is like, I got, Ich saufe mich is like, I drunked myself. Is that <laughs> Yeah, saufen is to to drink to excess, right? It's, yeah, it's what animals do. That's end, how animals like drink. Yeah. Yeah. Ich besaufe mich. I, I'm drunking myself, right? Yeah. It's reflexive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sauf is on a lot of signs in Paris. Oh, well, that's different. It means something yeah, different means, there. It means accept, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when we were in Paris... Every time we would see a sign that said Sauf on it, I would say, Ich, ich Sauf on mich. Ich Sauf, weil ich traurig bin. Because I'm so sad. I'm getting drunk because yeah, I'm true. so sad. That was a good joke. It's funny every time. <laughs> it's I still thought. funny all these years later. Even though you did, <laughs> you rejected my marriage proposal, we still have that Sauf a joke. Yeah. I always, always have a problem with Paris. <laughs> All right, well, I think that's the end of this remote episode. We will be together next week for podcast recording. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. But I'm learning so much about how all the devices work together. Well, you can keep this knowledge in your mind. I'll go downstairs and do it from my car. I was going to say, we can record from different rooms next time. That just seems so unnecessary. It does. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well... Thanks for listening to our two-location episode this week. And until next time, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Don't bite it. You didn't wear a mask. Bye. Bye.